We are less than 48 hours away from National Signing Day, so uh, me and Adam Gorney decided to get together and talk shop. Gorney, we're going to go through all the hot topics. We're going to see what's going on. We're going to make some predictions. We're going to talk rumors because uh, this is our favorite time of the year. Must feel it. Must be like Christmas for you, Adam, as they always say on these. Yeah, episodes. it's like Christmas. It's working 24 hours a day. I always tell people when they say it's like Christmas, it says, yeah, I'm Santa, and none of the kids say thank you for any of the gifts I bring. So, all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so let's jump right into it. The biggest news on Monday today, Dante Moore flips from Oregon to UCLA. This one we kind of saw coming. Uh, big flirtation when Bo Nix announced he was coming back last night. He had to think that that was uh, the final nail in the coffin. Big one for UCLA. I mean, this has got to be Chip Kelly's biggest recruiting win since he's been there at UCLA. Yeah, absolutely. And it was sort of in motion for a little while here. Uh, he took that visit. And I think when Kenny Dillingham left that, you know, Dan Lanning got on a plane and went to Detroit and tried to keep Dante Moore. That was going to be a tough sell. So he was so close with Kenny Dillingham. It was one of the biggest reasons why he went to Oregon. And then Chip Kelly came in and got him on campus. Now, Chip Kelly's not going to be this big recruiter kind of going nuts, going crazy for guys. But he made Dante Moore a priority. I think, you know, the job that he's done with Dorian Thompson Robinson over the last many years and making him a very, very talented quarterback also helped. Um, this is definitely a huge, huge flip, pretty much the biggest one in the 2023 class so far. And he can step in basically from day one and compete for that starting job. You know, Ethan Garbers will be in that discussion, but I think Dante Moore is at a different level. Uh, I think that was also being sold to him that DTR played for so long there. And early, uh, Dante Moore is far ahead of where DTR was at the same stage. Um, so this is definitely a huge flip for them and for that offense moving forward. Yeah, this is kind of the first one that I really thought like, hey, this is this is Dante Moore realizing I'm going to be in the Big Ten. I'm going to get to go back home and play a lot of games where my family can see me. And we have to kind of change our thinking because you almost forget that, that UCLA is going to be in the yeah. Big for most of his career. Yeah. And I think, you know, the board of regents had that issue with the state and all that kind of stuff. And they were there, you know, they were holding back with the big 10, but then that, that went through and that definitely helped. And like you said, he, he not only will be returning, uh, you know, we'll see the schedules, but Michigan, Michigan state, but Ohio state all across the Midwest. So, He's essentially going to a Big Ten team uh, by the time he really gets going in his career, um, but it's just further away. So he'll play half of his games pretty close to where, uh, you know, everybody can see him uh, in Detroit. And so I think that definitely had had at least a, a small factor in this as, as helpful. All right. So number one, spinning off that topic. You tweeted something today about Oregon having a backup plan. They had a big name on campus. We're hearing them involved with. Uh, Rayola, now that he's decommitted from uh, Ohio State. So what are you hearing on what their backup plan is going to be? Yeah, we're not going to name names, but that's been the word that, uh, you know, they're, they were fully aware of this. You know, Dan Lanning and his staff, the new offensive coordinator uh, who came over from UTSA, fully aware that this was a situation. And it's just sort of the way that recruiting goes uh, at this time of year. Every, you know, for 50 weeks, everybody's committed and loves the school and then all hell breaks loose in about two weeks' time with coaching changes, and you saw it with Dillingham leaving. When I talked to Dylan Rayola's dad over the weekend, he was like, "No, he's not reclassifying." I, you know, th that didn't really seem like um, you know a, a heavy consideration. I can tell you, he's physically ready to play college football. 
in terms of the quarterbacks in this class, he's the in the 23 class, he's the best looking one. Uh, and you know, we saw him at Clarkson this this past summer. Um, he threw a football farther than anybody. I saw him during the season, he was phenomenal in that game. Now he didn't have like crazy, crazy stats. He put up nice stats, but he didn't throw for 40 touchdowns, this and that, whatever else. But in terms of like a, a mature leader, physical ability, all those kinds of things, um, he could absolutely play in this 23 class and and would probably be, be in contention, uh, maybe not for that number one spot, but that number two quarterback spot because he is just so physically advanced. Now, we're not hinting that Dylan Rayola is about to reclassify and go to Oregon. I don't think that's the case. Um, but with Bo Nix coming back, that definitely helps them. But I can tell you Oregon staff was fully aware that this was at least a possibility of Dante Moore flipping for sure. Yeah, I saw uh, Aaron Fentress, who uh, covers Oregon for some media outlet. He's worked at like 10 different places, so yeah. it's hard to keep track. Sorry, Aaron. And he was like, Oregon fans, why do you care? Every single highly ranked quarterback you've recruited in the last decade has been a bust. And I was like, <laughs> he's right. I mean, okay, you think Justin Herbert, who we had as a three-star, some other people had as a four-star, so maybe you count him, but he, there was literally no hype surrounding him. You have to, to me, I think you have to go back to Dennis Dixon, who was, uh, you know, uh, or not Dennis Dixon, uh, Darren Thomas, who was a solid four-star athlete, but it's been a long time since they had one of those guys pan out. So basically, they're better off with Knicks, in my opinion, right now. Yeah, it's, and that's the thing. And, and you know, there had been a lot of transfer portal talk about DJ possibly going there, Bo Nix. Bo Nix's decision makes actually Oregon's quarterback situation even more interesting. Because if he left, um, you know, who knows? DJ could have been there. He was a bit, he loved Marcus Mariota growing up. And it was sort of a, a second chance situation for him, just like it was for Bo Nix. Don't forget when Bo Nix left Auburn, they were like, thank God, thank God Bo Nix is leaving, go somewhere else. And they would die to have him back on that team. Now, looking at the quarterback play this past season, it was atrocious. So um, Bo Nix coming back kind of settles things for them on the roster. But in terms of recruiting, it kind of makes it um, uh, a lot more interesting. What does DJ do now? Um, do they go after another high school kid in 23? Do they go back to the portal? Will a portal guy knowingly sit behind Bonix again? So there's like a lot of interesting situations that could still play out there. Yeah, Bonix was like a laughing stock, especially down here in SEC country. And then even after that first game, it was like, oh, my God, what did Oregon do uh, with Bonix? But instead, he turned out to be uh, – be great for most of the year all right yeah. moving on uh you mentioned dj let's touch on him a little bit because this affects his brother also mateo a newly minted five star in the class of 2023 we thought are they a package deal or not the word was okay they're gonna go to ucla together that's got to be out the window now uh yeah they could go to oregon together he could sit a year he's got a couple years of eligibility left i don't really see that happening either so what do you think uh what do you think could happen? Could they split up or are they still tied together? So the idea had been pushed that they would be sort of a package deal that no one is like making them do this, but that Mateo would want to play with DJ that the draw for you know, Clemson wasn't going to work out for Mateo, but you know, it, a draw somewhere else could be really, really interesting. Uh, the schools that I've heard for DJ and this changes almost by the day, if not the hour, Oklahoma, Oklahoma has been constantly discussed with him, Wisconsin, which is an interesting one. I don't see that really working out. 
I've been told by two people that they're telling him not to go to a cold weather team. Uh, you know, Arizona State makes is an interesting situation. Could he go there, um, be closer to home, but not right down the road and play for a guy uh, that, that, that definitely is sort of an offensive mastermind and, and young and relatable? That would be an interesting situation. Um, so, so I think those are kind of the tools that have been discussed for DJ mostly. Now, could, could a surprise happen down the road? I don't know. I don't think he's in a situation to go to USC and sit behind Caleb Williams for a year. I don't think he's in a situation to go to Oregon and sit behind Bo Nix. I think he kind of wants to go somewhere and get going and get playing. Now, for Mateo, this is where it gets interesting. It was all Ohio State. I thought, I thought it was pretty much a lock to Ohio State. He absolutely loves Larry Johnson. He and the people around him have talked about NFL player development. He's essentially like JT to him allow, um, but a little longer and more, you know, more of an edge rusher type. Um, so that would be interesting. But Oregon has come on strong here, and so is USC. Uh, USC seems to be picking up the most steam with Mateo down the road, which means he probably won't be playing with DJ. But there are definitely people close to Mateo that would want him down the road at USC, especially from a football perspective. And because, you know, I know it's not playing the biggest factor, but he is also a music producer and people can laugh at that. But he's actually like a legit music producer. So being in Los Angeles certainly doesn't hurt in that sense. Yeah, boy, it's going to be interesting to see if yeah. he pushes. I could see him pushing it past signing day, just because. What's the rush? What, why do we have to? Why does he have to decide right. now? You can decide on national TV in you know another ten days or something at the All Star game. So we'll be monitoring that one. That's going to be a fun one. Now, Caden Proctor. This is one I got some things to say about Gorney because you know I flew to Iowa to go watch him play uh, last year, last fall. Shot first time I ever broke a hundred on a golf course. If I lived in Iowa, I might be able to make the tour because everything's so flat. You just hit the ball. You can hit it four four fairways <laughs> over. <Yeah. laughs> You're fine. Yeah, uh, right. but, but anyway, okay. Oregon was heavily in the mix. They're pushing. We see them in the house. He goes out there. Then all of a sudden, a media blitz this weekend from Alabama commits. Alabama players. We want Caden Proctor. Get Proctor here. Proctor comes to visit. Then I saw a tweet about the vibes. Oh, it was a vibe at Alabama. Vibe, huh? He loved it. If people are thinking he's going to flip now, what are you hearing? So I was told that Caden Proctor has told the Iowa staff that he's signing with them on Wednesday. Now, does that matter? Does anyone really know? Has he told multiple staffs that? Who knows? It seems like Alabama has picked up a lot of steam here in the last – Two or three days, there was definitely a vibe in Tuscaloosa, whatever. Uh, you know, I know for sure Alabama has wanted this kid for the longest time. They had him in on over the summer. Uh, he is exactly what Nick Saban looks for um, in an offensive lineman. Might I throw out the name Evan Neal-esque, sort of just this massive physical dominant force. Um, so it'll be interesting. His former teammate, Xavier Wonkpa, is at Iowa already. He committed to Iowa this summer. He seemed to really like his Oregon visit, uh, but I don't see that happening now. This is Iowa or Alabama, you know, betting against Nick Saban at your own peril here. Um, if I had to pick right now, I'd probably pick Alabama based on the momentum, but I can tell you that, uh, you know, he's communicated with Iowa that they're still okay, but that was before the weekend visit. 
So I've seen a lot of Iowa fans on Twitter uh, worried about losing him. How could you do this to the in-state school a week before signing day? Now I was not used to this. First of all, no. there just aren't there just aren't a lot of guys like him that come through. I mean, probably Tristan Wirfs would be the last one, but he was nowhere near as hyped at this point in his recruitment no. or throughout. Now we heard during the summer. This is kind of a common refrain we're hearing is like, "Oh well, you know, he's looking for the biggest NIL deal." Okay, and it's kind of the elephant in the room on a lot of these recruiting discussions. But now yeah. fans are like, he just wants to get paid, you know? <laughs> yes. Right. Don't you want to get paid? So, so do you. Yeah, so do you. Right. right. What are you talking about? So I do not want to hear that. Uh, your school is paying people. Your school is paying players on their roster. So I do not yeah. want to hear that it is not a negative that a kid wants to get paid. Now, I think you should find the best fit because – you know, you don't want to chase short-term money over the chance of long-term development and real money in the NFL or even NIL. You know, ask Bo Nix. I'm pretty sure he, he's got a lot of money to come back and play. But I just don't want to hear like, yes, these players have a unique skill. They're among the most talented people in the world at their craft. It's okay right. if they want to be compensated as such. That is now part of the rules. It's not against the rules. No, no. And that's the thing. Like... You know, one of my favorite movies is Blue Chips and Happy was paying everybody and paying, paying Shaq, uh, you know, and paying uh, Penny Hardaway's mom and and all those kinds of things. It's not against the rules and it should be. And, and, and it's not up to you either. It's up to the kid and their family as to what is the best situation for for them and their future. So, yes, of course, they're getting paid. It's it's literally part of the rules that you could be a college player and get a, a, a truck deal at the local Dodge dealership. Like that is what used to be, I, I've said this before, what used to be completely illegal is now completely legal and celebrated, you know? And so, yes, uh, Iowa fans are not used to this. And that's what I love about Iowa fans. That's what I love about the Iowa football program. When we have Kirk Ferentz on our signing day show, uh, he's sitting at his desk and putting, propping books underneath his computer. So it looks good for us. He's like, he's not like this prima donna that needs everything. And it, it's just great. Like that's, what's great about Iowa, but that's what they're not understanding here. I, you know, Alabama is going to come in. Um, and Nick Saban has been sort of resistant and slow to change to NIL deals and rules and all those kinds of things. Um, but a guy like Caden Proctor is going to get paid. And I've said this before too especially during this time of year, the Christmas season, when we watch Home Alone and 12-year-old Macaulay Culkin is making huge money to do that movie and then the subsequent movies, it's celebrated. Everybody loves it. He's a, a child star. You go see a, a pianist or a cellist and they're a child star. We celebrate that. But an 18-year-old football player making money is somehow dirty and cannot be touched. So it's just uh, you know a mindset that people have to change what they're thinking. Um, you know, I do. You know, this, this is part of a lot larger conversation. Uh, and and anyway, it's it it is a it is a decision that he has to make. Is the money now important to him? Is it, is the money later important to him? Does it even matter? Because Iowa and Alabama are pretty much two of the best offensive line producing schools in the country. All right, so that's the uh, that's the hot topic, and that that we're that we're going to be chasing that one right up to uh, the finish line. Yeah. puts pen to paper. Now Peyton Bowen has been committed to Notre Dame forever, but also forever we've had, oh, he's going to flip. It's only a matter of time. He's flipping to Oklahoma. But once again, we do this all the time. It's been six months now or something. <laughs> he hasn't flipped yet. Yeah. So 
what what do you think is going to happen here over the next few days? Yeah. All right. I think he flips. <laughs> I think he's going to Oklahoma. And, you know, again, I think Notre Dame is fully aware of the situation. Um, Peyton Bowen doesn't strike me as the person who's at the last second is going to, you know, sign with Notre Dame and tear up the paper and then sign with Oklahoma. He's making everyone fully aware of this. I think he's legitimately torn on what he wants to do over the long term. He's been committed to Notre Dame forever. He absolutely loves it there. Everything um, is great at Notre Dame, the coaching staff. He loves Marcus Freeman, all those kinds of things. Uh, but he's from Texas. Oklahoma recruits Texas incredibly well. He has an opportunity to play there incredibly early for Brent Venables, who didn't have a great first season, but has has clearly developed a lot of elite defensive players. Um, I just think at this point, it's so far down the road that if he signs with Notre Dame, um, it would al almost be a surprise. Yeah, it's it's definitely really interesting. It's so so weird to me though that he hasn't done it yet. Why not just do it, rip the bandaid off, and get it done now instead of taking it all the way to the end? But maybe he has behind the scenes. Uh, it doesn't seem like Notre Dame has has given up. Um, yeah. Let's move on. Malachi Coleman, one of the most intriguing athletes in the country. He's from Nebraska. He's committed to Nebraska. Was a big uh, Mickey Joseph fan when he. Uh, parted ways after uh, you know his interim situation ended and he wasn't retained. He uh, Malachi decommitted, and then everyone said, "Oh well, you know they'll probably get him back in the mix." But then Dion swoops in at, at Colorado. Now he took a visit this weekend. Looked like he had a great time. I mean, who doesn't have a great time on an official visit anyway? But this one seems to be touch and go, especially if you're a Nebraska fan. Yeah, this is another interesting one because I've heard so many different things about this. One. He wants to show Nebraska respect, but he's probably not going to end up there. Or two, now that Matt Rule is there and, you know, you have a serious coach in place uh, who has a tremendous history of turning programs around and NFL experience, uh, he's sort of maybe back in the fold and really likes it. I was talking to some people that were at Colorado this weekend. So just remember, Dion didn't get there until Sunday. So he had about a whole day with him. Apparently, Malachi Coleman absolutely loved it in Boulder, kind of felt like it could be a place for him. Playing for Dion is a huge thing. And what really stands out is that since Dion took that job, Coleman was basically the top target for Dion to get. Uh, he, you know, Coleman has told me that he's felt like the top priority, that they really, really want him. It'll be interesting to see, though, if he kind of is ready to make that leap. If I had to guess, he sticks with Nebraska. He goes back to Nebraska, and a lot of the drama dies down. Now, I could be completely wrong on that. And I talked to some players that were hanging around Coleman in Boulder, and they said he loved it. But who doesn't love that visit? Who doesn't kind of feel that when Dion is in the room and there's excitement and all that kind of stuff? So we'll see. I mean, that is a big leap, though. So, uh, you know, I think Matt Rule has certainly made him a priority has done everything possible to keep him home. And I think in the end, Coleman will settle down and stick with Nebraska. All right, yeah, boy, this one, this is going to be, the, this would probably be the biggest shockwave uh, so far. Uh, maybe, though, another one that I didn't even think about that we were going to talk about is Bo Hughley. Um, this is a guy who's been committed to Georgia forever. Some reason, you know, I live here in Atlanta. That's where Bo is from, four-star offensive lineman. Just doesn't have the same level of hype, and you don't get the sense. It's not like, You'll hear like, oh, I can't wait till Bo gets here. He's flirted with Auburn a ton. 
he's he surprisingly pops up out there uh, in Boulder on a visit too. Do you think they got any shot, or is he just checking it out? Yeah, definite shot. And and again, I talked to the same people um, that were out there for the weekend because they had a huge weekend. A lot of you know uh, guys come in, a lot of transfer guys. It was a it was a very impressive list of guys that Dion got there. Um, my sense is that he sticks with Georgia. Now he he's another one like we've talked about some other guys. You know, he's flirted, he's flirted, he's flirted, but you know. You can't take him out on a date yet, I guess. So I think, you know, you're not flying to Colorado, just, you know, it's across the country. You're kind of getting a sense. Apparently he loved it as well. That's always what you're going to hear on official visits. But, you know, turning down Georgia is is tough, tough business. Uh, I think he sticks with them. All right. So we'll, we'll monitor that one. I think he's been quiet so far. Uh, now, yeah. Dion is the talk of all of college football. I got a chance to go to the Celebration Bowl uh, this weekend in Atlanta. I was there on site, uh, sights and sounds, watched the, the loss uh, up close and personal. <laughs> Tears were flowing. <laughs> it was crazy. Now we know what we know he's gone. The question is, who's going to go with him? Both of his sons hit the portal. We know they're going to Colorado. He's already kind of made that known. Yeah question is Travis Hunter. He hits the portal late last night. Actually, after I fell asleep, you know, I'm a, I'm a late guy. I don't know when the paperwork got processed. Usually doesn't go through on the weekends. So that was a surprise. He hits the portal. Now the word is, okay, George is in the mix, Miami, uh, USC. It's not a done deal to Colorado, but uh, other people are, are mocking us for even asking the question. So what do you think, Orny? Yeah, I don't think it's like absolutely certain. Now, would I be surprised if Tomorrow he comes out and says he's going to play for Dion. No, not at all. There's a lot of momentum there. He has said, he, he even said throughout his high school thing, and he wasn't hiding it, that he wanted to play for Dion, that he wanted to learn from the best, that he essentially you know, kind of felt maybe like Dion Sanders 2.0. He certainly carries himself with confidence, plays with that confidence. So all of that could be, could be a factor. Do I think he's thrilled to go play at Colorado? No, I don't. Um, I, I don't think it, I don't think he is. Dion, you know, talks a big game, but this was a team that was one and 11 and horrible this past season. Um, you know, he, he's, he's done okay in recruiting so far. Dylan Edwards is definitely the biggest get. I think Anthony Robinson, the D back uh, junior college kid is, is good, but you know, you need to basically turn over this entire roster to be competitive in the pac 12. Do I think Travis Hunter wants to get into that? He probably will, um, but I'm not sure he's crazy about it. And like we've talked about before, there's going to be significant amounts of NIL money thrown at him uh, from every other school in the country. So, uh, you know, I know he only played about half the season there, um, but he's still a phenomenal player and every school in the country would make room for him. I think he wants to sort of weigh that out and see what he can do. He already has the Dion bona fides from the one year at Jackson state. If something, you know, really intriguing comes his way, either money wise or situation wise, I don't necessarily think he'd turn it down. Um, but I, again, I would be surprised if he didn't end up at Colorado. Right now. So I tweeted about it today. First of all, seeing Travis in person, I mean, he put on some really good weight. I mean, yeah. definitely been hitting the weight room. That was always a concern is how skinny was he? 
but he's already just in 12 months, looks like a totally different player. I mean, just physically, uh, he, he might still kind of look skinny to when you're watching a football game, but he has a corner, you know what I mean? He's not supposed to be uh, super big, but sure. he's definitely filled out, number one. Number two, off the field. This is a guy who has really embraced every aspect of being like a brand and a star. We're talking Twitch streams. We're talking YouTube series. We got the Amazon show coming out in about a week. So this is a guy who is a star. And I think that's one of the things he kind of has learned from Dion is, hey, look, you are a star. I'm going to act like a star. I'm the, the star of every show. After the game, I mean, I posted a couple of clips. He was going to every one of his teammates, telling them not to be down. He was not the one crying. He wasn't there crying. You right. know, he, he's a leader of the team. When Dion's trying to round people up and get him to the locker room, he's right there as almost like a second lieutenant. So I was really impressed with all those aspects because Travis was kind of like more of a – a shy kid when yeah. you talk to him one-on-one. -on -one. He wasn't necessarily like, you know, boisterous, even though he let his play do a lot of the talking. So I do think he's going to at least field calls. And I think that's one of the things that people don't understand is like, okay, if Kirby Smart calls you and you're Travis Hunter, what are you going to do? Just not pick up the phone? Wow. You're going to hear what he has to say. He visited Georgia several times last fall. You know, hey, if Arch Manning calls you and says, hey, come play with me at Texas, you know, or yeah. Caleb Williams – Hey, you can play both ways. We've done it in the past with, with uh, you know, guys at USC before. I think he's going to listen. I do think it is an uphill build at Colorado. You look at their schedule. I mean, <laughs> it's unbelievably brutal next year. Even yeah. like even their non-conference games. It's like, you know, it's hard to find more than a couple wins there, even if they do have a huge influx of talent. And then the thing, it's like they've got good players leaving that's why I kind of didn't like the, hey, hit the portal thing. When you see an offensive lineman going to Florida State, you're like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Wait, you don't got to go in the portal <laughs> or guys going to Cal. It's like you could stay. You know, I think that's. that's I think when Dion said he was bringing Louie, he probably meant some guy named Louie because there's not much, uh, not much else there. My thing well, with Travis Hunter, and this is what this is kind of my take on it, is that like Travis Hunter learned a lot from Dion in one year on the field. There's no doubt about it. Deion Sanders is a brilliant cornerback, one of the best ever to play it. And he's been a good coach, but he's coached in 32 games, none at the power five level. And so he's also learned a lot from Deion off the field. Like you said, how to build a, a brand that can make you significant money, how to carry yourself, how to present yourself to the public and all of those things. And as much as some people cringe about this is part of like, the college football experience now. So coaches who embrace NIL and in coach brand building and Travis Hunter was around Dion for a year. And we've seen Dion at the Under Armour game do this. He's a guy, he's chit chatting with a coach. The camera comes on and neon Dion comes out. A coach prime comes out. There's a little bit of a, you know, a showmanship there, which fine, good or bad or however indifferent people gravitate toward that. And you can see it, you know, I, I, I turn on YouTube and, and the first clip that shows up is him telling his team to go to the portal and him sitting in the running back room and saying, I don't know if there's the dog in here and answering questions like they know how to present what Deion Sanders is, his image. And so Travis has learned that now. Does he want to carry that with him to Colorado and continue to build it there? Or does some marketing agency in L.A., some marketing agency in Austin, Texas, do the people who are you know, around NIL and all of these schools 
say, Travis, come do it here now. Do it at the do it on the biggest stage. Um, that will be, I think, intriguing to Travis Hunter. I don't know if it'll compel him to do it, but it's certainly going to be a factor. All right. So next up, uh, another guy that's on flip watch, David Hicks, uh, surprisingly committed to Texas A&M when he did it. Uh, everyone was was shocked. Everyone was prepped for Oklahoma. He's been to Oregon a couple times now. All of a sudden, people think he might uh, flip back. He might flip to Oklahoma. Then it's he's going to stay at Texas A&M. Kind of all over the place. Yeah, it has been a little bit all over the place. When he committed to Texas A&M, at first, it seemed like a lot of people around him were surprised by that. Um, but he has been back to Texas A&M recently, and my guess is that it sticks. Uh, it seems like Oregon has been the school that has really kind of emerged here as the possible uh, contender, second-place finisher. Um, but I think you know things have kind of settled in a little bit. We'll see. I mean, he, he kind of surprised us a little bit the first time because it looked like Oklahoma was going to win out and he picked Texas A&M. Uh, now that Texas A&M has basically cleared their roster, you know, 25 players, I think, in the portal. Um, that's more than a that's like a third of their roster. <laughs> that's that's completely gone. So, you know, those guys will continue to develop on the defensive line coming in and playing with those guys will be an interesting situation. We all know a lot of their problems were on the offensive side of the ball. But we'll see how that gets rectified over the coming months. Um, but it but it feels like Oregon has kind of really moved into second place here, and Oklahoma has maybe moved on to other things. All right. Last but not least, uh, Damon Wilson uh, committed uh, has not committed. He's down to Georgia and Ohio State. Ohio State was looked as the leader. I I locked in a pick for Georgia a couple weeks ago, just the way I was feeling, what I was hearing. Georgia had a coach at his game, the state championship, which they uh, lost over the weekend. Uh, he's ready to decide. He probably he might have already made up his mind. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, that was sort of the reporting over the weekend that he might have silently committed, and that that always that that you know that could be good and bad for a kid when you silently commit and then Ohio State goes and offers you know two or three other defensive ends or really starts pressing other guys. It's sort of telling where a kid goes or or vice versa. If, Ohio State did that and then Georgia. But my sense is that, you know, Ohio State is really, really intriguing to him. He loves Larry Johnson. He loved his visits up there. Um, but Georgia is just too much to turn down. So I think Georgia gets him. I think Georgia's in the lead. If he hasn't already committed to them silently, um, you know, within a couple of days here, it's going to be all over. Uh, we're going to wrap it up on Damon Wilson. We're going to have plenty of breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Be sure to lock in. It's youtube.com slash rivals.com spelled out. And uh, the website filled with content. Be sure to lock in uh, at rivals.com all week for National Signing Day. Thanks, Corny. All right.